Good morning. I'm John Carroll in for Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, October 4th. A migrant aid center in San Isidro could shut down because of a lack of funding. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public transit operators are celebrating Clean Air Day today by offering free rides. All MTS bus and trolley fares will be waived, as well as buses, the Coaster and Sprinter, operated by the North County Transit District. Vista City Council member Karina Contreras serves on the NCTD board. She says the train can be a fun way to explore new parts of the county. And if you're curious about public transit, October 4th is the best time to not only celebrate Clean Air Day, but to take transit to somewhere maybe that you've never been or ever thought of going. You can plan your ride at sdmts.com or gonctd.com. The city of Chula Vista and the Port of San Diego this week broke ground on a 21-acre park along San Diego Bay. Sweetwater Park is the first park space to be completed as part of Chula Vista's Bayfront redevelopment. The park will incorporate the already complete Sweetwater bicycle and pedestrian path. With several projects in the works for the Bayfront, Chula Vista Mayor John McCann says they're expected to create thousands of jobs and jumpstart the economy for the western side of the city. It's going to help elevate and upgrade the older community where I grew up. And we always wanted to have public access and we always wanted to have newer things. Now we're making that a reality. The park is expected to be ready to use by the end of next year. The San Diego Humane Society is offering free microchipping for pets with an appointment this month. The process is similar to a routine shot. Officials at the San Diego Humane Society say the busy holiday season can be stressful and scary for pets who are more likely to run away. You can sign up for a free chipping and registration at sdhumane.org slash microchip. The Humane Society charges $15 if you don't have an appointment. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A migrant aid center in San Isidro may have to shut down because of a lack of funding. Border reporter Gustavo Solis has details. It's been an incredible challenge. Uh, Lindsay Toslowski is the executive director of Immigrant Defenders, one of a handful of nonprofits helping migrants at a makeshift aid center in San Isidro. She says some migrants end up in the streets of San Diego with nothing, no idea of where they even are. You know, they're being dropped, some of them with little more than the clothes on their backs. The aid camp is run by Casa Familiar and located at San Isidro Community Park. Most of the migrants there have relatives or friends in other parts of the U.S., 
Volunteers help them get in touch with family and give them rides to the airport or a local bus terminal. You know, these are their first moments in the United States. And so, you know, for San Diego, it's important for us that they remember those moments as someone who gave them a helping hand and made sure that they were safe. But money is running short. A spokesperson for Casa Familiar told KPBS that the camp may have to shut down. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. KPBS journalists Matt Bowler and Marielena Castellanos contributed reporting for this story. Oceanside's downtown is changing, and new housing developments are being proposed, but how dense those developments will be is up for debate. North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us the city council is voting tonight on setting a density cap despite state law. In recent years, Oceanside's downtown has exploded with new developments. With more on the way, city council is considering setting a density cap for new housing developments. And now... Uh, there is no density cap, so somebody could build as dense as they want to. Councilmember Eric Joyce says state density bonus laws prevents the city from turning down dense developments. This is a really important safeguard so that we can make sure the new developments that come down uh, into the downtown area uh, meet our housing needs by creating more affordable housing, but don't um, overly drastically change uh, a downtown area. The cap being considered Wednesday evening is 100 housing units per acre, with incentives for developers to include more affordable units. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. The future is uncertain for a biodiesel plant that's been a flashpoint for neighborhood activists in San Diego's Barrio Logan neighborhood. New Leaf Biofuels recently shelved plans to upgrade its facility, and neighbors hope that means company leaders are considering moving. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The conflict flared up when the Barrio Logan Company moved their oil processing operation into a building near Sicard Street. Turning used cooking oil into biodiesel fuel is a smelly business, and neighbors began complaining to local air quality regulators. Citations were issued, and the company sealed up the building and installed a charcoal-activated air filter system. Last December, New Leaf's Chris White showed off the expensive new system to regulators a day after it was installed. So this is just exactly as it looked yesterday afternoon. Uh, With everything connected and in its proper place, you'll notice that The vents, fans, and 11-foot-tall carbon filters worked as advertised. The overwhelmingly pungent smells were largely eliminated. But the business still creates an odor. The Environmental Health Coalition's Nicholas Paul says it's the wrong kind of business for this area. Here is a heavy industrial biodiesel plant in the middle of a residential neighborhood, right? We have single-family homes right behind me here an affordable senior housing complex to my right, and a a preschool right around the corner. But company officials say they only located their business there because of state and city incentives designed to revitalize the enterprise zone in the Barrio Logan census tract. Company founder Jennifer Case said in a statement that the firm got along with neighbors and won awards from local officials. The statement says they opened up shop to make a positive impact on the world 
fuel made at New Leaf's facility is the lowest carbon diesel alternative fuel in the state, 85% better than petroleum. But Case concedes the expansion caused odor issues. The filters helped, but the company suggested building a pipeline under Sicard Street so oil wouldn't have to be moved on trucks. That plan was shelved after the community complained. Complaints that Paul says Case heard directly at a public meeting in August. For many, many years, for decades, industry has operated in Barrio Logan in a way that's dismissive of community concerns or their quality of life. To be there, to hear and take that input from residents, even if it was uncomfortable, I'm sure it was, uh, for her to hear, um, and then internalize that and take an action in withdrawing the permit, that's a big step. And, and, and it's a step, again, towards the healing, the healing of the neighborhood. New Leaf officials insist they've been good neighbors and were responsive once concerns were raised about the odors. Case's statement says the company only has positive intent for the neighborhood. Quote, in the meantime, we must also consider our thousands of restaurant customers, our ultra-low-carbon biodiesel users, and our dedicated team of over 50 employees, unquote. The company is asking air quality officials and the Environmental Health Coalition to give them some time to make improvements while they find a new place to process cooking oil. Maria Fernanda Corral has lived in a senior apartment complex across the street from the plant for eight years. She says the last three years have been horrible and she wants the plant to move. We know for sure we do not have the 10 years they're asking for. And most of us, we don't. Uh, so it's a matter, for us, it's a matter of business, money, and probably greed. Corral says she and her husband locked themselves in their apartment during the pandemic in an effort to escape the smell. She says the filters do help. It did get better. You know, we have days that we can leave the uh, windows open. My door is always open when we do have a good day. But then it always comes back, specifically evenings and weekends. Corral and others in the Barrio Senior Villa's apartment complex are suing New Leaf Biofuels they're asking the courts to award monetary damages and to keep the plant from expanding further. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, California wants to triple the sale of electric vehicles over the next few years. What needs to be done to prepare the state's power grid for increased demand? There certainly are some measures we have to take to be able to do that in an economic way and in a reliable way on the grid. We'll have that and more just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more mcasd.org. Last summer, heat waves prompted state officials to issue flex alerts. Californians were advised to conserve energy to reduce pressure on the state's power supply. That happened shortly after the state announced it would ban the sale of new gas-powered cars by 2035. Millions more electric vehicles are expected to be on the road because of this. 
So if a heat wave and the use of air conditioners strains California's power grid, what will it take for the grid to be prepared for the demand added by more electric vehicles? Jan Kleisel is someone who's researched answers to that question. He's an engineering professor and director of the Center for Energy Research at UC San Diego. He spoke to my colleague Jade Hindman. What impact will moving to all new zero-emission vehicles by 2035 have on California's energy grid? Definitely a lot. So Californians love driving, and that, uh, of course, reflects in how much energy is used for uh, vehicles. Right now, that energy is coming from the uh, gas stations through uh, diesel or gasoline, uh, and that will all shift to have to come from the electric grid uh, by 2035, and after all the other old vehicles are decommissioned. So that's a large increased demand on the grid, and there certainly are some measures we have to take to be able to do that in an economic way and in a reliable way on the grid. So are there manufacturers then uh, of zero emission cars working on models that could put less pressure on the grid? One way to reduce pressure on the grid would be to uh, make the cars more efficient. So that's, I think, something that everybody works on. Just how our laptops become much more efficient, uh, increasing our battery life. The same holds for cars. We want cars to be more efficient, meaning using less fuel so we can uh, get more miles on our battery. Um, But the the bigger effect really is uh, to make the charging of the cars uh, more flexible so it can happen at the right time of the day. So we want to avoid the charging from happening in the evening when people get home, but rather improve the uh, attraction of workplace charging uh, where people can plug in while they're uh, in their office or um, on the job otherwise. And at that location, we would use the the midday energy, uh, which is the cleanest energy and also going to be the the most um, ample energy supply from solar power on our grid. And that would really um, be the, the big win for getting more uh, cars accommodated by grid power. So what infrastructure changes do you think are needed for the grid to meet higher energy demands in the future? Uh, I think it's the energy demands in the future will require mostly these uh, local uh, upgrades if we are able to shift the the charging demand to the the right times. And so that means power lines, it means uh, transformers, uh, which are the majority of the equipment you see uh, on on the power grid, and and then some communication infrastructure to be able to um, make us control the charging of vehicles in a more flexible way for those consumers who uh, are open to to being paid and uh, participate in those those measures. What else can consumers do uh, to reduce the strain on the electric grid? Yeah, it's it's very primarily that workplace charging that's the silver bullet for electric vehicles. Um, and I know it's sometimes challenging uh, to find parking uh, spaces with, with charging ability. But here at UCC, for example, we, we just won a grant from the um, in California to install about 700 more charges on the campus. So that will hopefully relieve uh, our ability to provide services to all of those vehicles and reduce wait times and re- re- uh, improve the service quality for users. But uh, I'm sure there are many workplaces that don't have that luxury. And and so we we hopefully can convince more employers to install charging stations or employees to to lobby uh, their employers to do so, because uh, that would ultimately be the biggest benefit for the the grid and the environment. 
That was Jan Kleisel, professor of engineering and director of the Center for Energy Research at UC San Diego, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman. California State University student workers have been given state approval to schedule their vote to unionize. Education reporter N.G. Perez has more on what happens next. There are 20,000 Cal State student assistants working jobs that include IT support, dorm security, and custodial work at all 23 campuses. In April, they filed a request with the California Public Employment Relations Board to hold an election to unionize. And PERB has now said yes to that request. Leah Baker is one of the student assistants fighting for better working conditions. The CSU needs to pay us real wages. We do the work of union staff, are paid minimum wage, get no sick days or other benefits, and that's why I'm looking forward to voting for a union. Now with the state's approval, the students can schedule a vote to join the established Cal State Employees Union, which is supporting their effort. CSU administration has 15 days to appeal. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again tomorrow for the day's top stories, including a look at why neighbors are frustrated by a lack of progress on building a new DMV office in Hillcrest with affordable housing. I'm John Carroll. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. Wednesday.